2: So a bit more from the Tucker Carlson expose last night. He had access to all the video. And I know we're radio. You can't see the video. So I will tell you what you will not see on the video. And Tucker Carlson, he didn't play any much of the people uh, breaking the law at the Capitol. You've seen that. We've seen that for two years, right? We know that enough of that happened because if, if none of that had happened, uh, they could not have fabricated it. Uh, we did have people who broke the law that day. It's important to admit that. I said that that afternoon as I was watching, and I was sick watching what I was watching because, A, it's wrong, and B, I knew how it would be weaponized against people who voted for Donald Trump. You're allowed to vote differently than Democrats want you to vote. You are, okay? It doesn't make you evil. It doesn't make you extremist. It doesn't make you an insurrectionist. It makes you an American. You're allowed to think freely and form your own opinion about what is right and what is wrong, as are the people on the other side of the aisle. But when we have a disagreement, what is wrong is to take snippets of something and portray it as the overarching, 100% true narrative of what occurred. That is not what has been portrayed about January 6th. And that's why I'm glad Tucker Carlson Had the video. Now, the January 6th committee we knew was a joke because they didn't let the Republicans appoint their own minority members, as has been the case always and forever. We got turncoat Republicans, Adam Kitzinger, Liz Cheney, both of which got trounced uh, in their attempt to return to Congress. Kitzinger didn't even try. Cheney tried and shouldn't have, but she got embarrassed. But she's got a big fat faculty position now at the University of Virginia because there's never any culpability for people who engage in lies. Benny Thompson's back in Congress, the uh, guy who chaired the committee with Liz Cheney. So did the January 6th committee have access to all this same video as Tucker Carlson? Yeah, they did. They did. They could have shown the video that proved that there were no backdoor tours, intricate, detailed tours of the Capitol so that the Rioters would know exactly where to go. They could have shown that video. They didn't. They could have shown the video of the QAnon shaman, the horned, helmeted guy, walking through the Capitol, being escorted by police. Not escorted like, hey, you're under arrest and we're escorting you out of here. Like he's walking around and they're just walking beside him. Just chitty-chatting. Did the January 6th committee show... I didn't watch the hearings, even though they were in prior time. I didn't watch. Did the January 6th committee show The video of the QAnon shaman in the Senate chamber praying for the country and praying for the officers who let the protesters into the people's house. Did they show? Did Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney show that? If they did, I guess nobody wrote about it. You know, of course, they did not show that. Did the January 6th committee show video of Officer Brian Sicknick? walking around in the Capitol Rotunda, waving his arm. Hey, come on in. Come on in. And you say, well, Bruce, they couldn't show video of Brian Sicknick waving his arm, waving the protesters into the Capitol Rotunda because Brian Sicknick got hit in the head outside with a fire extinguisher, and he was laying dead on the grounds of the Capitol. Don't you remember Yeah, I remember we were told that. I remember we were told he was hit in the head and he was killed. And I remember we were told he was sprayed with bear spray and he was killed. But that's Brian Sicknick on the video inside the Capitol. Oh, by the way, wearing a helmet. Waving people into the Capitol Rotunda. That's among the many things that Tucker Carlson showed last night. Here is his snippet on... The QAnon Shaman, who, by the way, is doing um, what is it, four years in prison? Did any of the BLM rioters who burned down police headquarters any of them doing four years in prison? I'm sure the 23 people who rioted at Cop City in Atlanta over the weekend—they're all facing multiple years in prison, right? Like the QAnon Shaman, right? You're gonna go run—you're gonna run right out to Hollywood Casino or get on your Tipico app or your Barstool app or your DraftKings app today, and you're going to bet that
1: all 23 of those people from Cop City do more than four years in prison, right? Here's the man you've heard referred to as the QAnon shaman outside the Senate chamber. These are not rioters. These are people who wandered over from a political rally.
0: We will not let them silence your voices.
1: After the rally, they walked down Pennsylvania Avenue, where organizers had secured a federal permit to hold a legal rally on the grounds of the Capitol. Once at the Capitol building, things began to get chaotic. Capitol police officers fired tear gas into the crowd. A few at the front of the herd broke windows. Someone opened the doors, and many hundreds of others just walked in. And at the center of it, the single most famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley, often referred to as the QAnon shaman. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named Q Shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank
0: you, Heavenly Father, for Police officers to allow us
1: building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th, the indisputable facts recorded on video, some of which has never before been seen, with the depiction of Jacob Chansley that you've seen in the media for more than two years. He's a terrorist, they said. He should be killed. Shoot him. Shoot him. Like, if it, you burst into the United States, if he was dressed like bin Laden, would you have shot him?
2: overstatement much? If he were dressed like Bin Laden, would you have shot him? So, what is inherent in that comment? Is is that MSNBC commentator saying that if someone is dressed like Bin Laden, it's okay to shoot them? That's kind of what he's saying, right? I I don't think that would be an opinion that would uh, allow anybody on MSNBC even to keep their job, right? Because, oh, you you can't profile people. You can't profile people when they're getting on planes. Could we pull every person who's wearing Muslim garb aside and assume that they're a terrorist? Yet that MSNBC commentator said, if he were dressed like bin Laden, would we shoot him? As if he's advocating for people who are dressed like bin Laden to be shot. Miranda Devine writes in the New York Post, this is why Democrats are so frightened. Their edifice of lies is about to tumble, and all they have left is to throw mud in the hope that half the country will stay in the dark. Defaming Tucker Carlson is their favorite tactic yeah this is why this won't be taken seriously the video is the video it's the video whether it's shown on tucker carlson or whether it's shown on pbs the video doesn't change oh wait it does change you know what changed tucker carlson didn't put underneath the video sounds of people screaming and cries of desperation you see the video from the capitol that the January 6th committee had, that they played for you, had all that in it because they added it. Tucker Carlson had access to the original video, and it didn't have sound. The Democrats had to augment their already cherry-picked video to make it seem worse than it was. And why did they do that? Because they needed it to, to support their opinion of what happened, their opinion that they want you to have. So they presented only one side. They did not allow the Republican Party to name the minority members of the committee investigating the riot. Because if they had, they would have named Jim Jordan to that committee. Or they would have named somebody else who stood up to the narrative. And questioned the narrative. And challenged the narrative. These are the actions of people who are not interested in truth. And as I tell you all the time, there is only one reason why people do not access the truth. And that is because... They do not have it. No one chooses to lie when they have the truth on their side. So, it's no surprise that bad things happen in public schools. Kids get their minds uh, warped, twisted, indoctrinated. And so... A lot of parents want to get their kids out of public schools. I got my kids out of our local public school. And our local public school, I don't think, is as bad as many. In fact, uh, we were very successful in my area getting a couple of really good school board members elected. So we have a majority of three sane people and two woke fools on our school board. Nevertheless, there are still battles to be fought when it comes to... Woke ideology, even in the best of public schools. Uh, We got sick of it. We got our kids out. We homeschooled our kids for five years. Our oldest graduated. um, Did extremely well academically. No, she doesn't have issues relating to other kids. That's a myth. (laughs) Meet homeschool kids. They're really uh, conversant, really sharp. So you don't need to worry about that. I would advocate homeschooling your kids. Or our other two really missed the environment of a school, wanted to be part of a school, we put them in a local private school. Is it a financial hardship for us? Yeah, big time, it is. But what better investment can we make in our own children? We are supporters of the backpack bill or its ancestors. Anything that can give parents some of the money the state is giving to public schools to help parents gain Freedom over the choice of where and how their kids will be educated, I'm a supporter of. And, of course, you know that the number one enemy of any vestige of the backpack bill are the teachers' unions. Now, you have to ask yourself, why are the teachers' unions against it? Well, because they like having... Lots and lots and lots of teaching jobs and lots and lots and lots of benefits and lots of good salaries and things like that. And so if you're going to take money out of the educational system, it's going to come out of their pocket, and they're not going to like that. Now, what they don't see is that there's a reason why people are interested in leaving their schools. I notice, as I've said, a preponderance of all of a sudden Christian and private schools are excelling in athletics. Always before, there were people who wouldn't leave a public school because, well, I want my kid to play sports. Well, first of all, your kid can be homeschooled and play for their local high school. That's a state law. Okay, I found out yesterday from a conversation with a uh, friend of mine that you can also homeschool your kids and pay for them to attend a minimum of one class per day at a local private school. And they're then eligible to play athletics for that private school. That one I didn't know. So before you don't do something because you're afraid that you're giving something up, you might not be giving it up. But boy, the teachers unions are afraid of what they say, and exaggerate, will be given up if and when we get House Bill 11 passed. That's the latest iteration of the backpack bill. Oh, we have a doomsday scenario posed today by a uh, useful pawn of the teachers unions and a staver of the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, She says, if Ohio offered a school voucher to every non-public and homeschooled student in the state, you mean like Arizona, Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Iowa, South Carolina, Arkansas? You mean like that? You mean seven states like that? At least seven that I can name off the top of my head, and there are probably more? Uh, It could cost, she says, Ohio, $1.13 billion per year. And she cites an analysis by what she says, and I'll take her word for it, the Nonpartisan Legislative Services Commission. Now, what's interesting is, later in her story, uh, she says that um, the Republican sponsor of House Bill 11, which is now the newest iteration of the backpack bill, does not think the price tag would be that high, especially in the early years. And here's the next sentence in in Anna Staver's report. The... Legislative Services Commission analysis acknowledged this possibility, too. Now, first of all, congratulations, Anna Staver, for having enough vestiges of journalistic integrity to put that in your story. But why do you stress in the lead the most histrionic estimate of the cost of House Bill 11? And then about 13 paragraphs later, note that the same organization that poses the doomsday scenario of $1.13 billion per year acknowledges that, oh, yeah, it could be lower. Interesting, right? Well, it's not that hard to figure out. Because when you look at who and when Anna Staver quotes people in her story, how much you want to bet who gives the first quote in the story? You are right. It's the president of the Ohio Federation of Teachers. Mm-hmm. And then let's see, who do you think Anna Staver quotes second in the story? Why, that's right. It's Democratic House leader and essentially Speaker of the Ohio House, Allison Russo, Democrat from Upper Arlington. Wait a minute, Bruce, you say Jason Stevens is the Speaker of the House. Yeah, but really, Allison Russo is the Speaker of the House because Allison Russo controls all 33 Democrats in the House. And if you're Jason Stevens, you have about, a little less than two-thirds of the people in the House supporting you. But more than half of the people supporting you are Democrats who will do whatever Alison Russo tells them to do. So you tell me, who's the real Speaker of the House? Alison Russo with her hand up Jason Stevens' back because she's got control of all 33 Democrats voting for him? See, Jason Stevens is just the ventriloquist dummy in the Ohio House. Alison Russo is the ventriloquist. He's saying whatever she tells him to say. And that's why Jason Stevens, the worst thing I learned when he became Speaker of the House, I called my friends at the American Policy Roundtable and I said, what does this mean? It's all very confusing. We still have a Republican. I assume he's you know going to be as conservative as the Speaker we were going to get. And I was told, well, you're a big supporter of the backpack bill, right? And I said, yeah. Well, the backpack bill, I was told, with Jason Stevens as Speaker, is dead. Why is it dead? Well, because Jason Stevens is supported by all the Democrats, and all the Democrats are going to make sure, first and foremost, that they are getting done the bidding of who? The teachers' unions, or unions in general. So what this bill would do is, if you have a child, kindergarten through eighth grade, you'd get $5,500 placed in an account every year, and you could do with that money whatever you want to do for them educationally. Okay. You can't go out and buy clothes with it. You can't go out and make a car payment with it. You have to verify that you've spent it on their education, which you could put it toward their private school tuition. You could put it toward tutoring. If your child is in high school, it would be $7,500. This would be a game changer for us as a family. It would take much of the financial hardship off of us to put our kids in private school, but it is something that is fair to parents because where does the state get the money that it's giving to public schools. Oh, that's right, from tax dollars. Gee, who pays that? You do. So, why would you not be entitled? Why would teachers' unions endlessly prattle and spout their nonsense that this is going to break public education? You know what's broken public education? It's a trick question. Public education has broken public education. Nobody was clamoring for homeschooling or private schooling. 20 or 30 years ago, before the transgender flag started flying in public school classrooms. Now people care about what's going on because they've seen it and they don't like it.